Welcome to In a Prosecco, the podcast that raises a glass to moms who are transitioning from empty nester into the next beautiful phase of life as a free bird. I'm your host, Bernie Slowey. I'm a mother of two sons who have grown and flown, and I'm also a former corporate executive, filmmaker, writer, speaker, and entrepreneur who has helped women transfer into their authentic selves to uncork their infinite sparkling possibilities. So whether you're sipping a Prosecco or your favorite beverage of choice, join me as we pop open today's message in a bottle. Hello and welcome back to In a Prosecco, the podcast that talks about empty nest syndrome and changing that mindset into a free bird. So today's episode, I have returning guest, my husband and fellow empty nester, Joe Slowey. Glad to be back. <laughs> Yesterday, when we did our recording, we thought we were going to actually talk about our different perspectives on empty nesting. And what ended up happening is that we shared our origin story. And so depending on if you're watching this first or you're going to go see the other episode, that gives you some backstory to really where we are today with the mentality of becoming empty nesters. But I'm really glad you're here today. I'm pouring the truth serum, same bottle from our first episode. <laughs> and so I'm enjoying, I'm going to finish this bottle off. <laughs> Joel has his iced tea that he loves and it's homemade, correct? Yep. Well, cheers. Thank you for returning today. Glad to be here. Hmm. <clears throat> Quite the journey. It has been. So when we were first talking about uh, our origin story before we really let it, and it was really actually wonderful because this is our 25th year anniversary and we've never really sat down and kind of talked about or rehashed how our beginnings were. And so that was really fun. So I do encourage listeners to to go and and hear about that because I think through story, we always resonate with our own story. And so now that we have experienced our kids um, growing and flown um, out of the nest, I'd love to be able to give a he said, she said perspective because I definitely was much more emotional about it. And I credit you, Joe, for really coining that term free bird and what it means to like see the empty nest phase in a different light. Well, I mean, our kids are supposed to leave the house, right? Yes. Eventually, they all live, leave at different times. Um, I was very immature at, at our kids' age, and um, it just takes some people longer to, to get out in the world and, and find their way. Um, I mean, but it's, it's so much fun for kids to go out on their own. And it's just the life lessons they're going to learn. Um, and there, there's lots of fun lessons and there's some tougher lessons, but that's what kids are supposed to do. Well, and, I'm, and well, I mean, to credit us, it's, it's a lot of work to be a parent. And I don't mean that in a bad way at all. It's just, um, you're constantly doing things with your kids and taking them places, taking them to sports, working on school with them doing things and then we get time together to do the things that we want to do. Kind of like the lifestyle you had before kids. 
Right. And, and even when, remember how when we would drop off the kids at camp and yes. we'd have several days or a week to ourselves and how excited we were to actually have like date nights again yes, without a babysitter lined up to be able to enjoy it. And we would take advantage of almost every night, like going out to dinner or to a movie. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's why it, it was important to, I feel, to share my perspective on it versus yours, because as parents and, and, and our origins, uh, family origins, and really understanding why I felt as emotional as I did versus your sense of freedom. And very briefly, you were traveling so much as a child because your father was in the Air Force. And so you would be uprooted on, on the regular. And I love your sense and attitude of how every time that you moved, for you, it was like a new adventure and that you made new friends all over the world. Sure. And for me, I felt it was like, I never feel rooted enough to make friends long enough to feel secure. And so that's a little bit of where I, I feel like it was important to live in a stability or like having stability at home, you know, like living in the same house for them, I know was really important. And so they had a very different, our children had a very different experience growing up. We weren't moving around all the time. And so I think even from both of our perspectives to give them a sense of like, when we had the opportunity to move when they were little, they didn't want to. That's right. We looked at buying a new house and they said, nope, we grew up in this house and we want to stay here, which I was thrilled about. And I'm glad they had the, the sense of um, staying in one, one you know, school district and hanging out the same friends. It's kind of hard being a military brat moving all over the place. And there's a lot of, there are pros to it, but um, I was happy that our kids did have the stability of basically growing up in one house. Yes, I, I agree with that. And, you know, there's also for our friends who were divorced, who experienced empty nesting sooner, right? Because they had to share their weekends. Mm -hmm. And so we got to see that perspective. And I think for that reason, you know, my parents were divorced. Um, I wanted to be able to give that stability as well, that that sense of, you know, that we aren't going to uproot just yet. We waited until our kids were out of the house to move. Yeah. I mean, and for me, when the kids left, they were, you know, 35, 40 minutes up the highway in Boulder. So it wasn't like we couldn't go see them or they couldn't come home anytime they wanted. Um, when we moved to Florida, it was, I mean, I think it was a blessing, a, a blessing and a curse. I mean, for our son, Jack, it was, I think it was really good for him because he was always the baby of the family and he really sucked up to mama. <laughs> he was, he was quite spoiled and you, you really, I don't want to say coddled him. That's not a bad thing to say. Um, but Jack had it real easy and you know, all of a sudden we leave and he's stuck on his own and he had to start, we called it adulting. He had to start adulting, doing things on his own. I think it was, I think it was very good for him. I would love to get Jack on the show to provide his perspective because in the other episode where we shared our origin story that you said that you and Jack were so similar. And I feel that Nick and I are very similar. Nick being the oldest, I was the oldest. 
I am the oldest, and that we being similar sometimes that plays into dynamics with the parents too. And I felt the oldest leaving was a huge hit for sure. Like with Nick leaving, it was like, oh, but you're right. It wasn't like they were leaving to go out of state for college. And it was just a, a simple drive back and forth. And it was easy to get in the car. When we decided to move, I, I didn't want to move until after Jack actually graduated from CU. And it was pulling at my heart actually to, to leave him. And yes, I think because maybe because he was the baby, but I really wanted to wait. Even when we were deciding to sell, I thought, well, let's rent in Denver for a year before we move, make a move. And that way, at least we can identify, like, where does he want to land after he graduates with a new job? And I'm glad we didn't wait. I'm glad that your perspective was, why would we wait to make a move? And then when we did the big purge after selling, oh, oh my gosh, okay, so we lived in our house for nearly 20 years and had so much stuff in the basement storage room and collected things over the years. Throughout the whole house. Okay, so <laughs> in the cupboards. We ended up getting a rollaway, and thankfully you know all about that with your the fix and flip business that you're in, that you got the rollaway. It took three weeks to finally purge everything in order for the house to be put on the market. But that whole experience for me was very emotional too because it was, all right, I'm letting go of stuff. It's time to let go. And once we did, it was also liberating because sure. I think that was when I said, you know, after three weeks of all of this, I don't want to do this again. Let's just go ahead and make the move now. Let's go ahead and just pick up. And it was really a last minute decision to, you know, not rent where we were already living with our friends and knowing the market, but taking that leap of faith and moving cross country. I agree. Um, Kind of stepping back to when the kids first left and they were up in Boulder. I mean, I think we were very mindful of not, of letting them live their life. And, and you know, when kids leave the house, for them, it's a blast. I mean, they're just learning new things every day, meeting new people, doing new things. There's no parent there to, to give them grief. And as much as it hurts the parents or as much as you miss them, the kids are having a ball. Yeah, we weren't um, getting texts on the regular. No, and, and I didn't want to <laughs> disrupt what they were doing. I didn't want to invade their um, their space. I didn't want to feel like we were hovering over them, which I'm sure they appreciated. And they'd come home when they wanted to. And we'd go see them occasionally. Um, you know, it's a little harder now. And I'm grateful that Jack loves coming to see us. I do too. And, you know, I think part of when we moved – you were concerned about it, but Jack was like, I would love to come to Florida in December when it's warm down there and it's cold up here. So I think that helped you with making the transition. Um, and he has been on a CS. He comes down pretty often every, every quarter. He's here for Thanksgiving. He's come for Christmas. And um, you've been to Colorado, back to Colorado a few times. And um, it's all worked out really well. Well, let's talk about why I went back to Colorado last time, because I was going back to Colorado to visit friends, but also for the parents weekend. And that was my reconnection with Jack. But what happened last year 
when we moved and when I went to the parents' weekend, I noticed that Jack had a mole that was starting to grow and not look normal. Yep. And I noticed that probably because I wasn't seeing him on the regular. And then I encouraged him. I was, you know, mother's intuition kicked in and I saw that there was uh, abnormal growth of the mole and I really wanted him to check it out. And so when he came home for the holidays and I had asked him if he'd you know, done anything with the doctor's office to make an appointment to go check it. And he hadn't, because that's what a typical, you know, young college student, 18, 19 year old is like feeling invincible. And, sure. and he's looking at the mirror every day, not seeing any difference um, or change in the mole. But then when he finally did, because I persisted and constantly texted him and, and asked him, have you made the doctor's appointment? That's when he learned that he had melanoma. And I wasn't there, and I felt like I wanted to be as part of that, you know, mother nurturing side of me that wanted to be with him to make the appointments and make sure that he was following up because I don't want to mess around with melanoma. And that was all on Jack. He had to make the doctor's appointments. He was reporting back to us about what was being scheduled for his surgery so that the first time that he was actually having it removed to scheduling the reconstructive surgery. What I witnessed with Jack is he not just going through the whole adulting thing, but really the maturity and his resilience around it was really impressive. And he even said, you know, it wasn't like I could just come down, drive 45 minutes and have a home base to come to. Like he was really feeling on his own and we were supporting him from afar. You know, and I think that's what our role becomes is more of this, you know, the, the mentor, uh, a coach of sorts, a life coach, like, hey, you know, because we want to be careful about trying to step in too much. And, you know, they're adults and we want them to make decisions on their own and we want them to have the confidence to do so. And this being such a, you know, this was about his health that. He, I was so proud of the way that he handled and conducted himself through the whole process. And even when I went back earlier this year for his actual reconstructive surgery, he was on his own when he did um, the perimeter of the melanoma was removed, right. the size of a nickel above his lip, which that would be devastating. It was pretty invasive, <laughs> yes. It's pretty invasive. And, and every time he goes out, people can see that he's had a significant um, surgery on his, on his face. So it's got to be traumatic for anybody. And the way that he realized that, you know, I, I, I have this uh, to overcome. And so he was his own best advocate going to his professors to inform them that, hey, I'm going to have some procedures. And this was towards the end of the semester. So um, that he was also coming up on his 21st birthday yeah. and with finals uh he's a may day baby you know he's he was due on his or he was due on may 1st came on may 1st and so i always appreciated like having jack be someone who then ultimately was kind of like i like being the baby and coddled to being in this mode of like i've got this i'm gonna 
manage this on my own and report back. He would send us pictures on the regular just to give us updates. And now he's cancer free. And he's also been able to, I think, use that experience in a way of like when he was interviewing with the internship. And he even said, he was like, I, I'm not even 21 and I was able to kick cancer. Right. And immediately being able to see that that was something of an accomplishment that he did on his own. I mean, I think as parents, you want to be there for your kids and um, hold their hands and, and, and that's what you're supposed to do, right? You're, it's, you want to take care of your kids. But in the same respect, the kids, this is part of growing up. And it also, when they accomplish these things, it makes them feel good. They're st- I mean, and, and I always have told our boys, you know, they'll, they'll call and ask questions. And I tell them, I said, you're an adult now. Jack has asked questions. Well, dad, you think, what do you think? Can I do this? I said, Jack, you're an adult. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> and I think that kind of, I think it kind of freaks them out where we've always given them a long leash, but now it's like, Hey man, do whatever you want. You're, you're an adult, but remember you've got to deal with the consequences of your decisions. So make good choices. Well, that's coming from dad and from mom. I encourage them to listen to their intuition sure, and listen to that gut instinct, just as it was that gut in- instinct that, like Jack, that's not normal. That's not that your mole is not looking right, and to be able to nudge him enough, I I wasn't making the call to the doctor, and that when he finally did, he owned it. So he has the relationship with the surgeon now. Right. And you're right. I think that again with our roles, it changes because really the empty nest phase is shifting from. This focused on, okay, I make, I got to make sure that the kids are doing okay to wait a second. How are we doing as parents? And when we left Denver, we moved and the pod was on its way to our, our new home, but we were, um, so busy just making sure that the house was ready and prepared and leaving um, hours before the new people were moving in. And as we were driving away, I'm crying for three hours straight because it was all I knew for the last 39 years was the state of Colorado and growing up there because I, I wanted the stability that I didn't have when I was younger. And so that uprooting for me was really challenging and to feel like I was leaving the kids, even though Nick was ultimately our oldest who was moving in with us temporarily so that he could get his job after his gap year and deciding that he wanted to work on the water, kind of following your footsteps, really being on a cruise ship. Now, you know, he was like, I'm going to learn more probably in this experience um, traveling right now than learning remotely. And I know that even at times where we were differing on that because our views of college was very different. Well, for a little backstory for the listeners. Um, our older son, Nick, was at CU as well, University of Colorado, and he was doing very well in school. But during COVID, when it had pretty much ended, going into his junior year, he was in communica- studying communications, 
they told him that he was going to do more online classes. And Nick came to us and he said, I'm not wasting my time and I'm not wasting your money doing online classes. And, you know, you got to let your kids make decisions. Um, and a lot of those decisions they have to deal with. And it certainly might not be what we would want. But, you know, at some point you got to let go. And Nick has always been very driven. Um, so he decided to, he did a, a, a semester on a sailboat and he loved it. And he went straight from there basically to go work on a cruise ship. So he has taken a break from college. Um, I'm kind of of the opinion, and I think you sort of agree, and I think a lot of Americans nowadays are looking at the cost of school, and it's just it's gotten out of control. Oh. Um, <laughs> college is insane. And I didn't go to college. I did for a, a year, and I got thrown out, rightfully so. <laughs> um, so Nick's on his own journey now, and um, he's loving what he's doing. And, and I mean, that's what's ultimately the important thing is your kids are happy. And if people are happy doing what they're doing, the money will follow. Right. I agree. Um, so yes, Nick is spending, he's done several four month stints on a ship and then come home for a month and a half. Um, anyhow, I digress. Well, well, but that makes sense of why he has decided to come home and live with us or not come home, but live with us because it doesn't make sense for him to live on his own and pay rent for the time periods that he's on Correct. the vessel. Correct. And so for that reason, and not only that though, even when he is living with us, we're looking at things as far as, Hey, we have our own life and that he's his own person. So he's got his own schedule. And even though he's under our roof, there are many times where we can regress to like, I really want him to wake up at a certain time and do this or whatever. But, you know, he has worked his butt off for those entire time, the entire time that he's on the vessel, he is working 12 hour shifts. And it's not like it's a lack of motivation. It's like, I got to just respect for his time off what he wants to do. And our relationship has evolved. So since becoming empty nesters, it's a shift in that parenting, again, in our role, we're always parents, but we have shifted in more of the, the guidance counselor, you know, for career choices or a mentor and really leading by example. And I think that's what we've been doing as we made the big leap and changed homes and residency so that going across country for us as people were questioning like well are you guys retired and I'm like no we're far from retirement and as I always tell people I'm here for re-inspirement agreed this wasn't a you know like okay now we're leaving our old home and and no we've had to start over in a sense meeting new friends and also having time for one another. And I've shared in previous episodes as far as a whole reevaluation that is a healthy thing to do. And I think it was Rumi who said a life that goes unevaluated is not a life fulfilled, that we're always wanting to grow and expand. And so here we are 
and uh, as a couple. And I think we even have had to like look at our relationship and redefine it because when we first got married and not having children and then wanting to have children and focusing so much on our family unit and for them, not only is it an opportunity for a reflection of, okay, where are we today as individuals, but where are we as a couple? And I think that's a healthy thing for a lot of people to evaluate because no longer is the focus on, okay, we're staying together as this family unit. How am I being in the world? What am I doing in the world? Who do I want to be in the world? And where am I going next? I will tell you, like our concerns were completely different when the kids were leaving. And as becoming the empty nesters, my, this is, Believe it or not, my concern was what what do you and I sit down and talk about now? Because we have no other, I don't want to say distractions, but there's nothing else, you know, you when you're dating and you're engaged and you're first married, you're together all the time. And you just have each other, and then all of a sudden you have kids coming into the world and you spend all of your life, a lot of your life with your kids, doing things with your kids and, and, and as a family. And all of a sudden I'm thinking, oh my God, my kids are going to be gone. What do Bernie and I sit and talk about? How do we fill our days, just the two of us? And um, I got to be honest, man, we had a blast. When the kids <laughs> left, we had a really good time. But you've got you've to work at that. I mean, I told you we needed to be spontaneous. And I've made an, an effort. To any time you say you want to do something, I, w- I always try and say yes, because I don't want to sit around and we always had so many things occupying our time as parents, right? Whether it's yeah. taking the kids to school or whatever it is. And so now you have to find ways to fill up your day and I don't want to say rekindle a relationship, but you kind of do because you're back to having just the two of us and the intimacy of us alone and not having the distractions of, of, you know, getting calls at 11 o'clock at night. Hey, can you come pick me up or whatever it is? We have time to ourselves now. And I, I think we've been really fortunate because I've had a really good time since the kids have been gone. I think, but I think you got to work at that because I think a lot of people like my parents, God, when the kids were out of the house, they did nothing. They sat at home. They didn't go out. They didn't, they really didn't hang out with other couples. And that was their choice. And I kind of thought that's a, a, a lonely existence. That's just me. And some people are comfortable doing that. My dad loved to read, but I like, I like the stimulation of being around other people, going out, doing things. Um, but you, you, you kind of got to figure it out when the kids are gone. You got to work on, you and your spouse or significant other again. Well, and, and even personality types, you know, in handling being an empty nester, you've got the introverts and the extroverts, and we're both extroverts. And I used to be an extrovert with a capital E, and I think you're more balanced where you have that introversion and extroversion. Um, because for me, I felt like the part of the distractions, even when we're in... Colorado versus moving to Florida, I wanted to be able to have a community 
And for me, it was important to go in and find a new tribe here. And I miss my old tribe in, in Colorado, which I keep in contact with them. But I think that the move was actually really productive because I wasn't distracted. You know, living someplace for 39 years and having a lot of connections uh, as a result and then moving to a new state where there is more alone time as we're figuring stuff out, even like where we're going to live. Because when we first moved here, it was, it was a gamble. We, we got a, an Airbnb for 30 days as soon as we arrived and thinking, okay, we'll find our rental. We're not going to buy right away because we don't even know where we want to buy and, and set new routes. But also with the market, were we going to you know, want to settle anywhere with the higher interest rates or even where we would want to be able to settle down for sure? The d- less distractions that I had, personally, I felt like, man, there was a lot of inner work I was able to do. I mean, I made Project 2023 all about healing. Because there was a lot that I realized that, yes, what were the emotions that were surfacing as a result of the empty nesting and that were unresolved and also, you know, about starting over. There was a lot to that as far as like where, you know, what I wanted to be able to shift into because COVID, you know, also made me pivot my career choices so that in-person retreats for my retreat business wasn't feasible. And I didn't feel like what my model was for the retreat was going to be as impactful or potent doing that remotely, Zooming. And because I'm so experiential um, on my retreats that thinking like, well, what do I want to do next? And there was the, the grieving that I was going through a little bit of like losing the old identity and shifting this new identity, especially turning 50. And every decade, I feel like we all go through that period of like evaluation. What is this assessment of where I am today? And so I felt like this was really healthy for healing as well as less distractions to really do that inner work for me. That was for myself about why I even led to this podcast. Like, what is it that I wanted to be able to do in this next chapter? And because I'm such an experiential person and sharing from experience. And for you, I feel like you, it gave you an opportunity to also reevaluate what your next chapter would look like. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I came down, I thought I would jump right back into the same business, real estate and fix and flips. and. Um, you know, we've taken a year off and it's something I can do anywhere, anytime, but I've just had some other ideas, some thoughts and ideas of doing something completely different. And I got to tell you, it's been really, um, exciting, motivating and fun to, to look at doing different things and things that are, I think it's been very creative and it's been a lot of fun doing what I'm doing. I think that's been healthy. And I've actually witnessed watching you get excited about something new and you've even had like, you know, this ebb and flow of ideas of what you thought you would do or transition into because it made sense or it was something that, you know, I, I think from 
our our differences again with like a, I'm much more of a, a feeler. You're more of a thinker, <laughs> and your process of like, okay, what am I going to transition into that would make sense from what I was doing? And and you're bubbling up with ideas that is really, I see, um, opening up your creative channels. I'll tell you what's been really cool about what I'm doing is, I mean, we're, our kids are to the point in their lives now where we're actually asking for their input <laughs> because it's important in what we're doing, right? And what mm -hmm. I'm doing. And I think that their insight will be part of the um, consumer group that I'm targeting. And so it's important to, to listen to what they're saying. And it's, uh, to me, it's really cool to where, you know, you've got the type of relationship with your kid where you're actually believing in what they're saying and it's, their opinions are very valuable. Um, and not that, I, not that they, their opinions weren't ever valuable, but they, they can add, um, input to what I'm doing and it's really important. Their insight to me is very valuable and I trust it. So it's nice to say that, you know, you have that relationship with your kid and um, thrilled to, thrilled to have them as sounding boards. Well, I think that's part of the testimonial to us being able to recognize that as our kids were starting their journey into adulthood, that we were also having to step into a new era. You know, we're both learning new things. We're both having to, I mean, I didn't know the first thing about podcasting. And, you know, I think we can take what our body of work was, our body of career and our backgrounds, our experiences and skill set and, and transfer it into whatever we do next. But I feel like I'm on an education that is taking me into more of a fulfillment in my life purpose. And before I felt like my life purpose was really wrapped around making sure that these human beings that we were raising were also going to be ready to do that for themselves. And I, that's what I appreciate is our relationship has evolved with our kids. So they're, they're not just our kids. These are young men who are still learning, growing, making mistakes, which, you know, as a perfectionist and recovering perfectionist, they joke about, but it, we're, we're allowing them to be themselves and we'll get frustrated at times, right? We're like, oh, but I want to say something, but I can't because I want them to also know that we're going to be their biggest supporters. Sure. And to be that soundboard for them where, hey, they've got to make their own choices and the consequences that come from those choices, right? So no matter what, I want to be that supporter. And would I have said or done something different? And I, but I also want them to always feel that it's comfortable to come to mom and dad and share their experience and want to come to us and not because they don't want to feel judged. No judgment, but, and you got to listen and I'm glad they value our opinion. 
And, and getting back to what you're doing, I think it's awesome because, you know, as we always told our kids, there's not a manual on how to be a parent. And as parents, you do screw things up. And I think it's healthy to tell your kids, hey, man, I, I wish I'd handled that differently. But there's not a manual on, on what to do when your kids are gone. And of all the people listening, you won't have the exact same experience, but you'll get an idea, hopefully, of what we've gone through. And hopefully it's helpful to what you're going to go through. Um, you know, don't dread it. Embrace it. It's, it's been fun. It's what you make of it. Um, and I think this will help a lot of people. I think that's why I appreciate your mindset as a free bird. It was that you saw this as, hey, this is a next chapter life change that can be really positive. And for me, I had to go through a grieving period and that the change and the shift for me was slower, but now I really feel that that's why I created the podcast was to recognize that this free bird mentality of like, wait a second, now it comes back to being able to focus on myself and what I want to create in the world and how am I going to be showing up uh, with my gifts because I want my kids to be able to see that if you follow that mentality of like, hey, this is, we're on a journey, the destination is really just the end of our life. Really, the journey is exploration and growing and constantly this love of learning. That's what keeps us youthful. And you've always, I always joke that you're my third child. <laughs> I've never, I'm, I'm very, still very immature and I'm okay with that. <laughs> but that youthfulness, I think that is the the curiosity uh, and energy that comes from like, no, there's so much more to live is an important element to recognizing how this can be really relished. The empty nest phase is to be relished to, okay, it comes back to us because now it's not so much overseeing the livelihood of our kids. It's more of the modeling by example so that they can come back. And I do love that they want to come back for trips to join us on either a vacation or for the holidays. For many of our listeners, it's more about, okay, so the holidays, but then also their summertime where the kids are coming back home and how to step away from, you know, the, um, parenting role. <laughs> well, the parenting role changes. And it's not so much of the dictating as much as it is to, for the parents' role to evolve into the, the. You gotta let go. Yeah, the, it's it's really that, and, and as you said earlier about like really going back to our kids and seeing them as people, friends, and even to get their input right, so that they have had their own experiences. And to encourage them to continue to grow into their truer selves. Yeah, because many of us wait until we hit that midlife period to say, okay, now who are we? Versus learning from our own mistakes that they need to learn from their own mistakes. We can't protect them. We can't just try to 
control their outcome, right? That they're, they're their own humans being in the world and how do they um, show up expressing their true selves and their gifts. I think it's important to, to at this point, let the kids, they've got to make their own choices. They got to skin their knees and, and figure things out. And, um, you know, parents always want the best for their kids, but what we think is best for them is probably not what they want. I mean, honestly, it's not, you know, kids have their own idea of what they want to do. And, um, sometimes I just bite my tongue and, and they got to figure it out. You know, with that said, you know, they've got to figure it out ultimately because it gives us an opportunity, mom and dad, as we evaluate our lives as we evaluate our relationships with one another, with our friends, in our community, that is the, the cycle that is very healthy, that we're coming into this empty nest phase and embracing it. So, Joe, as we wrap up this episode, if you were to encapsulate a summary um, or even just your last words of experience, wisdom, what would you have for the audience? I don't know. I, I think it's important to let, let, let go of your parenting role. It's, it's very hard to do that. Let your kids live their own life. You, you can't have too high of expectations for your kids because you might be disappointed. Um, but it's not a, what is important is their happiness and what they want to do. And my parents were kind of controlling and, uh, you know, a lot of times they thought I was crazy in the things I was doing, but I didn't want their advice. I didn't want to be around them. Um, you need to let the kids, you need to let them be happy. Let them figure it out. They're going to make life choices that aren't the right choices. That's okay. That's, that's how you learn. Um, and I, you know, we told Nick the other day, it's like, Hey, listen, he was, working through some things at work. And as always said, Nick was, listen, if you want, if you want a sounding board, we didn't tell him what to do, how to do it. We just said, if you, if you want a sounding board on how to approach these things, let us know. And you leave it at that. And he will, I believe at some point, come back and say, Hey, this is what I'm thinking. What do you think? But let him do that instead of us telling him, this is what you need to do. I think it's important for kids to, they're adults, let them be adults. And I think because of his personality, he guided us to be able to give him that kind of advice. Whereas our youngest might be more of like, hey, I want your opinion and I'm needing more guidance. And I think that's, that's the same. It's like my, my closing thought as a parent is that we take our role as parents to be more passive so that we allow our children to grow into the confident adult that we want them to be. So that if they're making choices that we can offer guidance and mentorship and they make the final decision and they take the action for the final decision, right? There's, there's not the sense of like mom and dad going to be disappointed in what I do. It's you, 
wanted our advice. We're giving it to you. But ultimately, at the end of the day, you're in charge of your life. You're in charge of this journey that you're on. And if it weren't for, honestly, from my perspective, if I didn't have Bernie's journey and that film project, that I would have done it differently because I was so controlled um, from my childhood that releasing that those reins was um, something that I think helped bring our kids closer to us so that they knew it was a safe place to come back to and know that it was okay to also share their insecurities or questions about life or decisions going forward. And that's what I'm so grateful for and feel blessed that both of us have that kind of relationship that we have today with our kids. Our boys, no doubt, no matter what they do, I'm going to be behind them 100%. And there's still so much to celebrate, right? That there's, you know, whatever uh, they decide in their career, whatever their, whoever their spouse may be, and if they decide to have children and I get a second round of parenthood as a grandparent, <laughs> I'm going to spoil those babies. And as you said, you're like, I'm going to totally let them have sugar, Mountain Dew, whatever they want. And then hand it back. <laughs> I think the important, th the, the important thing for me is to just, you know, um, as parents, remember, you know, it, it's hard, I think, especially for moms to, to see the kids go. But please believe me when I tell you, they're having a good time. So it'll be okay. You're going to be fine. Um, let the kids go. Let them have fun. And you go have fun. Boy, figure that's out ever true. Figure out new things to do. Um, and I think that, you know, the parents will find they're on a journey as well as the kids are. And no journey is the same. No. Everyone has their own path and there's no definitive on this is we're offering you our perspective because it is you were still early in the empty nest phase. And then what we're looking at. And I've always said this, I'm like, we're dealing with less years ahead of us and behind us. So making the most of it and being that role model and really being able to lead by example is now what our parenting role has really shifted into so that the kids can look to us as, okay, they're doing their thing. And as I do my thing, and we be willing to accept them for their choices and their learning as they grow. And I've always said, that, you know, not always have I said this, but I'm saying this now as far as mistakes are really just lessons to be learned. Sure. Because then they're not mistakes. It was an education. Absolutely. And some of the best lessons you learn are from bad mistakes. Yeah. But they're not failures necessarily. No. no. If you fail to act on it, then it's a failure, but you know, it's, it's a life lesson. Well said. And on that note. Thanks for listening, people. Hey, I'm Cheers. so glad you came on, Joe. Thanks for I having me. It was fun to talk about it. And... Being a co-parent on this journey. <laughs> That's never, 
uh, never been dull. It's not been dull, and it, it also it's it's ever growing. Sure. And so I'd love to hear from you listeners as to what you've experienced on your journey, and any ideas and comments. Please do share, subscribe, and certainly come back and listen to some more of any of uh, insights that we have to offer because we're on this with you. And just as I've said before, I'm wanting you to feel as though you're in the room with us and you're sharing your experiences, your thoughts, ideas. Just share. And until next time, cheers. If you enjoyed this episode of In a Prosecco, be sure to subscribe so you're notified when a new episode is posted. Rate and review the show, and please do comment and share ideas for topics that are important to you. A friend who cares is a friend who shares. Here's a toast to you on your re journey. Cheers. <laughs>